Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That kid is back on the escalator again. Leave it alone. What? Comics. Who are you? I'm Batman. TV and movies. Wrestling. And Music. We are just A podcast about things you actually care about, hosted by a couple of guys who actually care about those things, too. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Maybe a little too much. Yes, that's awesome. The talented one, Chris Machete. That no-talent ass clown became famous. And Brenton, you know, that guy from your other favorite podcast. I liked it. I was good at it. So grab onto the handrail and don't let go. This is the Kids on the Escalator podcast. Here's CM and BD. Ta-da! Live to the world on a Tuesday night on all the things. Chris Machete. Brenton on tour. It is Kids on the Escalator podcast. How are you, man? What's going on? I'm just chilling. My guy, I think my cat's gonna co-host her with me. It's gonna be some sidekick. We can get him in there. I don't know. He might bite me occasionally too. So if you hear me yelling, "Ow, that's my cat!" and it's uh, yeah. He's got the, what's going on at your house at 9 p.m. at night? Because your cat always at this point is like losing their mind. And I know. I, it's. I think it's just that he knows we have the stuff going, and he wants to be a part of it. He's one of those cats that uh, acts like he's he's a person, right? Like if you walk by him and you're like, "Hey, beans," he's like, "No." I put it as a a TikTok video where I was working and I, I was drawing and I looked up to Beans and he was at, in my window and I said, hey, Beans. And he turned around and went, and So it's just like, he's, <laughs> I could do an overdub video and have a conversation with him, but overdub like different words in there with him. It'd be pretty funny. Sure. Pretty funny. Yeah, Beans a cat. Pretty rad. Pretty rad. Pretty rad. Pretty rad. We got a rad yeah, show. Cat, so he just likes to get in there on stuff that's going on. He's if, if people come and visit, the other cats usually hide and he is the one that's social. Darth Beans. Yeah, the one that wants to be in the thick of it. And all the action, ready to rock. I got a question so, hey. for you. Hey, wait, I got a question for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. Is it hot enough for you? Is it hot holy, enough for you? <laughs> holy, holy F for the children watching at home. Listen to me. I was just in the forest. We were camping for a whole week. Uh, You're lucky you didn't have like a fire go off in there. No, listen, we had, we had, we were with some friends, Hi Tombs. We were, uh, we were up in the, um, we had all these massive trees covering us. So we had all the, all the, all the shade, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, we were able to have fires. I had a whole lake to myself. It was deadly. We had all the kids were going nuts. So it was like literally the most perfect scenario to be in during a giant heat wave. And uh, so I was super stoked. But then we came home yesterday and Mm -hmm. literally it's the first time I have not actually slept in like a full night Oh wow! In in forever because it never gets that it gets hot here, but we're in a rainforest, so it kind of gets mm. like it's it's hot, but it's like people are like, oh, it's going to be really hot. It's like great, but it always cools down to like fourteen or thirteen degrees or something, and, and no then humidity, you're fine. Right? No humidity, but now we got the humidity. You can't even see the oh. mountains. You can't even do the thing. It's like there was this funny stat that someone put out that said that the hottest on record temperature ever in Brazil in the history of Brazil was 44 degrees. 
Wow. The other day, just like two hours from my house in Linton or whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. it was 40, 46.7. Holy so it was hotter in the, the, in the valley in British Columbia than it was in all of Brazil in the history of Brazil. So there That's you go. Nuts. What do you think of that? I think the devil's taking over the planet. Getting hot, well, man. What the F? Global warming is a thing. And no, if, you ignore say- sci- if you ignore <laughs> science, you can fuck off. Because as far as I'm concerned, you know, everyone's got their version of science. How about the one that's accurate? Global warming is here. I had a, I got a, I got the, you know, the shot mm-hmm. and that's good. You know, mm-hmm. follow science for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. Well, the, I'm the, the, a little Facebook, wound up today. I'm a that's okay. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm really laid back. I've just been I'm back teaching again so, a little bit today. So I had to uh, chill. I was on, uh, we had, uh, we got some great guests today. So we got some great guests today. We got Lachlan Cox coming on. We got Todd Hancock coming on and the second half of the show. First part, your buddy, Rich McPherson coming on the show. Indie music. Earlier earlier today, I was on with Dean, uh, Dean's show. And and it was good. We were just shooting the shit about things, but Lachlan had asked me how I was feeling post COVID because I was sort of long hauling it a little bit and my lungs were mm-hmm. killing me. I was on the two inhalers and it was kind of killing me a bit. And this heat right. w- was killing me. Yeah. And then, and then um, Dean backed it up with a question saying, do you think when I got my dose of the vaccine, it actually fixed my long haul symptoms? Oh, And I was, I had to think about it and going, actually it did because oh, wow. I actually feel I haven't had to take the inhalers for like five weeks. Mm-hmm. I've been running. I played hockey the other day. I'm actually, my lungs are back. So mm-hmm. I was like, shit, nice. you know what? That's I'm reading great. this story. I'm like, I think this is real. Like, I think it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like that, 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 um, you know, uh, the, that shot would have, you know, it seems to have pushed the, uh, pushed me over the top and making mm-hmm. me better. And I'm not like, I don't know if it's, the shot that did it, I, I don't know, but I, I can certainly tell you that since I had that first shot, I feel a hundred times better. So I'm due for the second shot anytime, but it was really, really weird. It was really weird that it's, that it, that it kicked in coinciding with that. So kudos to me. Yes. Yeah, well, I, had, I had my shot. Well, the funny thing is about in, uh, in Kingston here and after like my wife was, my wife was a cancer survivor. So we got on like first name basis with all the people at the hospitals where, where they're like, yeah. Every day. so our doctor, uh, here in Kingston, our family doctor takes a little extra care maybe, but she called me on my cell and was like, hey, hey Chris, and this was, you know, I, about a month ago. She said, had, had you had the shot yet? And I was like, no, no, and I haven't talked to my doctor for ages because I'm usually pretty good. She said, have you had the shot yet? And I was like, no, no, I haven't had it yet. And she goes, well, you know, you should have it because blah, 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 blah. And she, she very politely told me all the reasons why I should have it. And she very polite me, politely told me the reasons why I should possibly not have it. And none of those were really any of effect to me. I'm not going to go over all of it because I don't remember all the questions. But, mm-hmm. man, so I got – so when if anybody asks me, I just say, well, my doctor suggested it and told me the reasons why. And whenever somebody tells me why they're not taking the, it, the uh, shot, it's usually something kind of weird or something they read somewhere that there's nothing to back it up. One or the other. You know what I mean? But – um. Um, sometimes you don't get into it as much and find out why people aren't taking mm-hmm. it, which is fine by me. Cause I'd rather not get into it. You know me, Brent. I'm not, I don't like totally. politics. So I, I'd rather not know a lot of things about some of my friends. Cause sometimes I, especially uh, with the whole Trump thing, man, you find out a lot of things about your friends online and things they'll let slide like friends, mm-hmm. you know, like online mm-hmm. friends that they will let slide 
where in your life you're like, oh, no, no, that is really not cool. No, but it's okay because this. No, 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 that's not cool at all. And you're like, man, I wish you, I didn't know that about you. So I don't see that often. But now that I know yeah. your opinions on certain things too much, I don't, I don't even want to see if you pass by for a beer, that kind of thing. But um, I'd ra- I, I don't like talking it too much. But if people ask me and want to bring it up, I'm fine with it because my answer is my doctor actually called me on my cell phone, asked me if I wanted to get it, suggested why told me why I should possibly not get it and asked me to come down to the doctor's office as well, which made me feel better. I know for some reason going to a hockey arena to get a shot, it's kind of like, Hey, this, now that's like a movie, right? You know what I mean? That's like, as Canadian as it gets. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. If there's <laughs> ice in there. Right? They're going to hand but, you a Molson 50 to go with it. So that would have, so. see, that would have got me right there. That would have got it a lot earlier, but no, but so, um, and I, I don't leave the house much, right? Like my life is yeah. generally at home here and I like yeah. it that way. You know, I draw for a living. Um, and I teach a few kids online in that, but anyway, I got the shot. My doctor told me to, and, uh, if, if I haven't had anybody really say to me a reason why they're not getting it other than a health reason, like I've, I've heard somebody mention an older person shouldn't get it because of a health issue that affects it. And that's, that's cool. Sure. Sure. But if there's, if you, if, well, I read on Facebook, man, don't even come to me with that. That's like, you know, listen, I'll listen I, to you if I, you got some concrete reasons. There's, there's really, there's going to be, um, People on all the sides of the fence. I can tell you this much. Oh yeah, um, the world is going to move on, with or without them. Yeah, and they can, and everyone can choose to. Like, it's it's a weird time because, um, to, for a long time, there was the COVID shame. So there was like, oh, you you got COVID, you better stay away from us. Like, literally, when yeah. I first got it, I thought I fucking had smallpox and AIDS. And I then know. you know the, the way the way people were like. You know, like, oh, but then it's like, but then you get the other side of it, which was, oh, you don't have it. It's not real. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's fine. I mean, I was, uh, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I'm like, I, there was no, I was in literally the best shape of my life and it took mm-hmm. me out. And I'm like, yeah. don't give me this pre existing condition shit. Don't give me like your lungs. I'm like, all I had was cardio. All right. right. <laughs> so, so it's yeah. not like I'm, I'm, I'm lifting weights and I'm doing like, you know, I'm healthy enough and I'm feeling good and all the rest of it, but it's still, mm-hmm. it took me down and it took me a year and a half to get over it. So, yeah. Hey, follow the science. I don't have a right. tail. I don't have a tail. My heart didn't explode. <laughs> well, you like, know what I find, I find funny. Here's what I find really funny that nobody's talking about this. See, I'm, and I'm not a news guy. I'm not a political guy at all, but okay. What, uh, and again, what, what's the, uh, that hate group that was bombing everything and, well, ISIS, ISIS yeah, right? Yeah. What, what happened to them? All of a sudden, this ISIS thing that everybody in the world was afraid of is doing yeah. nothing. When this would be the time to screw shit up. So all of a well, sudden, they, even they're afraid no to ISIS. go out. Even they're Pardon afraid me? to go out. They're no, even they're afraid not, to go dude. out. They're not afraid to die. That's the thing about them. No, see, dude, follow me here, man. What? Where are they? And again, everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, I never thought of that. Like, I don't bring it up all the time, and I don't hang out with a lot of people. But when my parents come over and we have our Sunday <laughs> dinner with our Swiss chalet dinner. You know, like us Canadians do. Um, I, I, we talk about stuff like that, and I, I bring that up all the time. It's like, man, how come nobody's talking about? There's no. So, is the government controlling? It's just funny. So, me being a comic book guy, right? I'm right on top of that. That's like, what is the government controlling? Because I love. I'm yeah. writing stories about that kind of thing right now, and it's funny because you're the uh, you're the uh, the premier, right? And then you're in my story now. You're just starting to come into grips there because the, the, after you get through the characters, well, after you get through the characters. In, yeah. in any kind of apocalypse or demon spawn, you, you got to wonder what the government's thinking. I've shown what yeah. the soldiers are doing. I've showed what, I'm showing what the police have doing. I'm showing what the town's doing. So now I got to show what the government's doing. So they're all coming to you for advice and stuff. And, and yeah, because I've made you the premier. It's, 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 <laughs> it's really evolving. It's so much fun. So as you can see, um, 
not having ISIS involved when there's this virus going on around the world is very strange. All of a sudden it's like, Oh no! We the, whoever decides what's going on in the world is like, oh, we can only have one catastrophe at a time, folks. So yeah, let's we only have one ISIS. thing at a time. Let's text the folks over at ISIS and ask them to hold off for a bit while we get yeah. through our our COVID disease yeah. here. But promise them as soon as we're done, we'd really like them to come back because they were doing great work scaring everybody. Thanks, That's buddy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's my political shot right there. There's Paul. Oh, we don't have a graphic for politics. No, with Chris. we don't because we don't usually do it. Politics, we should, uh, politics with Chris. I should do that like every once in a while. But we do have this. Tampa and hey. six. <laughs> I like that one. What's Tampa that? In, Tampa in, in, in six. Mind you, it looks like four the way Montreal played last night. I think they might. Yeah, right. That's uh, oh, see, I, I, I'm so uninvested. I can't get behind Montreal. I just, I can't do it. I'm sorry, Canada, but I can't Two get things. behind Montreal. If Montreal wins, good for Carey Price, like Carey Price, big Carey Price fan, regardless of mm -hmm. who he plays for, a great guy. And the only other reason I would be happy for them to win would be for Luke Richardson, because Luke Richardson, uh, who stepped in as the interim coach, mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, after their coach went down with COVID mm -hmm. and all the rest of it, he jumped in and he led them into, you know, through these games and now they're into this. Uh, but he had a bit of, you know, I won't get too, too, down but he had a bit of a tragedy in his family with his daughter so oh. it would be a really great like a great story of him powering yeah. through and, and so for him and Paris I want it for the rest of them no go Tampa <laughs> so yeah, go Tampa when it comes I put the game on all the time I'll put the Montreal game on I'll get in there and get through the first period and then I'm like and it just you know what it does is it just makes me more angry at uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs right they just signed Simmons today for Sorry. 900 900 thou a year two-year deal Wow, yes. that's cheap. Everybody, like, these guys want to come to Toronto. Um, uh, you know, they got it. I, maybe Kerfoot will be taken by the Kraken, and that'll loosen up, like, $3.5 million right there, right? I think so. I think you're going to get something. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to the draft. The only difference yeah. is, sorry, Rich, we're talking, uh, we're nerds on ice here. You caught us in our nerds on ice segment. I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, <laughs> so then so then the, the other thing is, uh, is that you look at what Vegas did on their uh, expansion, I mean, yeah. they had the best GM possible with George McPhee, who had mm -hmm. at one point Vegas and Washington, his two teams that yeah. he built, playing each other in the Stanley Cup final. It doesn't get any better well, than that. Uh, so the new team, uh, hopefully, I, I can't. I, I think the the NHL and the teams have learned uh, who to protect and who not to protect based on yeah. that side, because no one, I don't think anyone anticipated Vegas's rise to go to the final in their first year. No, no, but, um, but hopefully but the crack I, can take Kerfoot. They take Kerfoot. They, yeah. they move, they remove like 3.5 mil and That'd then they can, they can give that to Hyman. Hyman can stay. And away we go. Yeah. But anyway, Rich, you're here. Hey, Rich. Hello. How are you? Rich, everybody, Excellent. Rich McPherson. Look, we are look talking the, a musical, but Brent, a musical guest with a really nice setup and we can hear him properly. Yeah, it's funny it's, because it's, a lot of them come in with like, it looks like as Brent always says, look, and you brought a cell phone from 1997 to film it with way to go. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a facade. I had my, uh, I had my laptop set up and I was looking at, you know, my setup and I'm like, why do I have a $2,000 mic behind me and I'm not using it? Like that, <laughs> is just, that is just foolish business. So I was scrambling to look for, for some things to make this happen. So thanks. Well, there you go. It's cool. Nice looking room. Welcome to the show, buddy. It is uh, Kids on the Escalator Tuesday nights. Uh, tonight, we are doing Attack of the Indies. We're basically going to talk indie music and the struggles of the indie musician. We've had Daryl uh, Herzon before from Indie Week, who was awesome and gave some great advice to some indie artists. And Chris and I being uh, 
well, only ever being indie artists, uh, we obviously mm-hmm. have a place, place in our heart for those. But We're before close. we get before we get going, let's show everybody a little clip of Rich and uh, yeah. what he's all about. Here we go. Look at that. Damn. That's uh, a killer job. There you go. There you go. Dude, that sounded and looked so friggin' pro. Like that shit, it is, it's independent unless you're not, unless you got a secret deal you're working on, right? But uh, that should be like in everybody's face all the time. That is some sweet stuff, buddy. Uh, You know, I'm a fan, dude, so I'm not going to gush too much, but uh, I've been a fan since the one uh, was one short. One one short. short, I keep, yes, one short. I love that little, that. Do you have any more of that EP or is that gone? Like, Oh, well, I, I I have all that stuff kicking around somewhere. I'm sure. I, okay, I'm gonna have to. I'll talk to you about that after because I really I, that brings back memories. That one, but that new yeah. stuff, buddy. That that Thank is you. a rad tune. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that that video was shot um in a little studio by myself in September, um, sort of after the summer and still not going out anywhere. Um, and I had worked in that studio before. I I shot a harem scarum video there. Um, so, really? so I had the cameras, I had the gear and so I'm, I'll, I'll go back there and literally point and shoot. I had a storyboard on a piece of paper with eight different shots and I just mm-hmm. started shooting until I just, I couldn't jump anymore. I can't do that stuff. It's <laughs> too much, too old. It's a pretty great, it's a great, uh, low, like I like that aspect of the, the, the simplicity of the video, which I think, um, is really, really important, um, because with obviously much music and all those kind of places gone, and there's not really a lot of places for people to follow, like, you know, to watch artists break like we used to, or you'd, you'd be part of a lineup of something uh, uh, video wise or whatever. Um, now I think it's really important to, to just hit your points. And uh, I'm loving these bands that are just doing a white wash behind them and just, you know the performance video has always been around but it's even this is great you're not even like here's my fake band behind me and here's all this stuff you're like this is me and a guitar and these are my songs and yeah you can hear a drummer and yeah you can hear everything else but it's just me really and i think that's a you've done a really good job there so oh thank you yeah uh absolutely i mean i'm I'm always a sucker for for simple um i think that's you know even when i'm looking at new bands coming up um i just look for the simple stuff like i'm a huge fan of uh you know, the British band Catfish and the Bottleman because they're yeah. a, rare, a rare sort of indie style band that came around with just four dudes in a band just rocking out and everything they do is in black and white. They don't stray from that. Uh, and I love that. And so um, especially when it comes to videos and if I'm shooting it by myself, I got to think of a simple idea um, that works for me and that I could do by myself. I've never been one to sort of overshoot. I'm just going to do the best of of my ability and and go with it so and you know if i were to try and do something more um then i'm risking it coming off 
pretty that's key, a key point so. though man yeah. like i don't yeah. I, I've, I've had so many times i've played in bands with dudes or just work with people in different aspects and they have a great idea but you know okay yeah. first we don't have the money to do that too we're not going to do that. Like that, that's way, you know, you're trying to make a movie here, not a video. And I love that, that you said you, you, you pitched something that you knew you could finish. Cause especially being yeah. a musician, like you have in doing this being your album, you know what you're capable of doing You're not having to talk the other guys into it. Right. It's like, no, 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 this is what we're doing. Cause we're capable. No, no, dude, we could do this and I can bring my cousin in and we can, I can get this yeah. spot. It's like, no, man, here's my video. Here's my song. Boom. And then it gets done. I, I find that there's so many musicians that I've met. They have great ideas, have great songs on their phone, and they just don't take mm -hmm. it to that final step. Maybe because they're looking too high, maybe because they don't have the the push. But um, yeah. in my opinion, like just the package that you've got for your whole uh, new area of work is, is really really cool. Um, are what instruments are on there, and what ones are you playing on that track specifically? On your so, whole deal, on on the well, well, you can pick on that one if you want. Sure. Well, so I mean, so so that EP was sort of. It's funny because I started a whole bunch of batch of songs that I'm working on now, um, pre-pandemic, uh, that was sort of half recorded, uh, and then uh, once the pandemic hit, I I, I just uh, a silver lining for me, anyways. I was lucky to be home and continuing to work, so having this time to jump back into recording was an extreme privilege, and uh, being able to just work on some new songs, and then once I got to, you know, a, a handful of demos that I've been putting out, I'm like why don't I just make this a thing? Um, sure, it's cliche, Degrees of Isolation is the title of it, but, you know, there were all these mixtures of songs and what was going on in the world with, you know, Listen is sort of like a reflection about, um, you know, George Floyd and everything that was happening in the streets at that point. And mm -hmm. so uh, it was reflective of the time. And and for me, um, thankfully, over the years, I've been able to sort of do all that stuff. I've always been able to demo um, in my in my home office slash studio <laughs> where, you know, I can program the drums. Uh, I can, I can, I play the bass guitar, sing, you know, those were the big pieces. Um, but lucky for me um, being so, you know, have been in this industry for so long and knowing many of the people that, you know, um, over the years, I have great musicians uh, that I can go to and, and, you know, Jeff, uh, you know, Jeff played a lot of the drums Diesel, yeah, I tried to get him on yeah. the show tonight. I tried to get him on the show. Yeah. I didn't realize that you guys had worked so closely, and I know Diesel for a long time, so great guy. Yeah, great I, had guy. A feeling, yeah. I had a feeling you two would have some connections and know some some same musical people. We all see, well, it's all musical family, right? Everybody knows. That's like cousins and stuff. So, oh, yeah, I knew this guy yeah. through this guy. No, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So are you, are yeah. you rich? Are you, are you making, uh, okay, let's go back from, yeah, one short, you kind of do the indie artist yeah. thing, but what do you do for a living? Are you filming for a living? Do you feel, do you um, do digital for, for a living? Are you completely out of the business and doing something else? No, I'm, I'm sort of a mixture. I actually uh, got into teaching. I, I'm education and I'm now in post-secondary, but in nice. post-secondary, I do marketing and communication. So um, throughout my path through education, I, I, I was doing a lot of just kind of just side stuff of, of filming friends and, and really like the first music videos I ever shot were for, Harem Scarum because my good buddy's Pete. And so, you yeah. know, it was an opportunity to like, Hey, yeah, sure. I can, I can point and shoot and edit and I'll, I'll figure it out as we go. And, and so, um, that sort of, uh, showed me that I could, you know, do a few more things like this. So, um, having that career elsewhere now, as I'm older, 
has helped me do all of these things. So I'm, I'm pretty, do, do your priorities change now then from an indie standpoint, like obviously we're talking indie bands, but what you're doing now, are you really at the point of just making music for yourself and you'll put some videos out and kind of build a thing? Are you still going for it? Or are you just kind of entertaining yourself here? I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't think I'm going for it. I think I'm, I think I'm trying to, I mean, I'm never going to, music and art you never really master something that's why that's what drives us to keep going because we just want to do better and better and better so i'm I'm always going to be writing and recording and you know this pandemic has allowed me to actually learn how to mix and and sort of finish out all the stuff that i've started um so it's it's not something you know I'm, i'm certainly want people to hear it and do it but I'm also in a position where I did that thing as as a younger dude in the industry, playing shows um, and playing in a band, uh, traveling around in a van, uh, mm-hmm. doing the showcases, doing doing all of that stuff, um, you know. And and now I'm just like I don't care. I, I'm gonna <laughs> do my own thing. Like, and and I think the beauty. I talk about this a lot with you know friends and music, and maybe you do as well. But the whole climate is just it's it's great for for people like myself that are are just uh, are doing it for themselves but um there's it's no longer you know i remember playing at the dungeon in those days right and so like in the schwa and and even in the durham region at that point it was a skate it's like a skater town like if you didn't listen to pop punk or punk you know you're out you're not you know mm-hmm. you're not you're not in that scene um and that that was really like widespread throughout that area um, and I think that's, you know, that was the same thing for many communities all around, um, you know, all around the world that, it, you you know, if you lived in small town, Iowa, like you were listening to hardcore death metal and like, that's it. <laughs> Whereas now for like people like me and streaming and just how open it is, there's, there's no boundary anymore. I don't, I don't think there's that thing where it's not cool to listen to, you know, hip hop and, yeah. and country at the same time. Like that's, it's okay now. And so give us a dungeon really, memory, buddy. Oh, you, you got to give us a dungeon memory now. I <laughs> think, I think anybody who's played enough shows at the dungeon just remembers just the, the sweat from the previous bands dripping down on you <laughs> playing. And, you know, and I remember early on too, just like, Oh, sharing the same microphone. Like, that was, I mean, that's what you do, you know, as an opening indie band, I don't know, when, whenever you play those shows, it was just, you know, as we got further on, we're like, what are we doing? Like, we need to get no our No air conditioning up. in that place, right? It was like <laughs> yeah. so but hot. That was, it was like jam. an Iron Maiden, it was like an Iron Maiden show. You know what I mean? You're yeah. just boiling hot, 100 degrees, everyone jammed in, having a good time. But that was a great you know? scene that, that uh, we all came out of there. Yeah. In, in the schwa there like you know with some 41 and then uh and then the heavier side protest the hero and stuff but uh yeah. yeah the pop punk scene was really thriving when we were young my friends when we were young the pop that, and it was just yeah. starting basically too right like it was just kind of the whole scene of green day and that was just kind of and weezer was we were just riding that wave man it was really cool there's, yeah there's a lot of cool music going on back then it was a good time yeah no what for you- sure and it and it's and it's nice because that group was tight like everybody it didn't matter you know where you were at the level of of playing at that point everybody that came in there was sort of tight and everybody would help out with like hey i'm i'm playing a show next weekend and we need somebody jump on it mm. so it was it was a nice community to be a part of and i certainly you know miss that and i don't know what that's like now for kids i don't you know there's not many venues yeah. around so it's i it's it's too bad really 
Let's uh, let's check another clip out, buddy. Here we go. Yeah. Sorry if I kept you waiting. I'm breaking inside. I could have made it, but I want it with you. You keep it steady in the way you move. You're plenty pretty, but it's how you do. It's all about you. It's all about you. That, of course, uh, Rich so McPherson, so man. It's, uh, it's awesome to hey, see. Hey, Brent, doesn't that sound like something I would like, though? Oh, yeah. It sounds like it's doesn't got like a... Like, so, like exactly like I would like? like it's got boom. like a gin, gin Blossoms vibe with like... Uh, so, like uh, I'm trying to think. That you've got like a Jimmy Eat World uh, and Gin Blossoms kind of in there. It's great. Now, are you doing all your own post work and editing and all the rest of it, too? So you're doing all this stuff yourself, just producing all your own stuff, yeah? When it comes to not necessarily the music, but the video content? Hi, Rich. Hey, I got you. Never lost you. <laughs> oh, never lost me? I'm like, no, it's just, just frozen on my screen. I was like, oh. my music's not that heavy to like oh. break no, it's all know, good. anything. <laughs> no, but we, uh, but I was, I was saying like, um, you know, the post editing and stuff that you've got in there as well. You know, when we were coming through, um, we all had, a, we had our, our, our fallen brother Zig who had a, uh, um, you know, a VH, like a camcorder and we would get everything on film and we would get everything and any post editing that was happening back. And we had Dent with us who ended up in that space, but uh, you know, and, and doing TV and, and different things like that. But now at going back to that sort of idea of you as the indie musician kind of breaking through and you're editing your own video and your own content and things like that. Obviously every band needs to have somebody like that. And when we were, you know, in Machete or when Chris moved on to Caliber, there was always like, what do you, what can you do? And what can you do? Like, can you bring this to the table? Okay, you can write the songs, you can edit the content, you can do this, you can do that. But as an indie musician, you got to do it all. But I got to imagine it would serve you well to make money like this, being able to offer this service from a post standpoint, that the indie artist now is like, well, we're a band, but we'll also make your video. And we'll also come and record you, even though we headline our own shows, we'll come and record you and our team will edit. So are you finding that that is servicing you well, or is it just something for your own purposes? Are you actually offering those services to anybody? No, I don't, I don't know if I have that, that time. I mean, like it, it comes down to, you know, I was, you know, because of for doing it for so long and, and working with pros uh, in the industry throughout who, who we learned a lot from, you know, we really learned to like, we're not putting out anything unless it's great or it's, it's, it's as good as we can make it. Um, so, so, so that sort of have, has just funneled into everything that I do now. So, so for me, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've got young kids, I've, I've got a career. Um, so I'm busy with that stuff, but, um, so for me being able to do it all myself, uh, is great because I have the time um, to not worry about anybody telling me what to do um, and telling me that I need to change a part in this song because of, for this reason, um, I'm just going to do it and uh, maximize my, my abilities. And for sure, if I have stuff that I can't do myself, I'm going to tap on someone else's shoulder um, to help me out with it. Uh, but when it comes to this, this is just really um, honing my skills. And I think I think for me, um, you know, not the video piece, but I think just getting used to, uh, mixing my own music mixing has actually really opened up, 
you know, my ears uh, to really uh, maybe exploring that with with other artists um, that I'm hearing and seeing online and don't have that guy. You know, when when we were young, we had that guy and that was Pete Lesperance. And, you know, yeah. from Scaraman, we had met him through doing John Vision on CBC um, yeah. TV show. And so we did that show. We met, you know, we met him through one of the labels that was a judge. And then we became great friends um, after that. And um, he was that guy. He was the guy that put that faith in us and, and you know, recorded those demos when we didn't have anything and made us sound great. And so once we started to hear what we could sound like, I think that's where we kind of just went, you know, um, throughout the years and just had to make sure that everything we did sounded great. Um, and, you know, again, I don't know if I'm going to go into this and start producing artists and doing all that, but... I'm open. I'm open to explore. I don't think in this day and age in any industry you can say, no, I'm never going to do that because you just don't know where it's going to go, especially this generation. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't. Did any of us think we were going to have podcasts, you know, many years ago? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, probably not. So I don't know. It's it's funny. There was so many versions of a, of a podcast kind of thing right. back in the day. Like there were so many what we know now, which is in essence, long form interviews, but yeah. you know, pod, podcasts are so new, obviously to the scenario, but it's really, I think so great for indie artists like yourself, like Chris, uh, you know, as a, as a comic book creator uh, and being able to drop that on people at any point and having this as a, as a platform to, to be able to like, could you imagine what yeah, we could have done? Look at that. Came today. Came today. Yeah, Could you imagine, beautiful. Chris, like beautiful. what when we had Zig at our, you know, at our disposal, who was so down with like all of the the, you know, just creating cool videos and all this kind of fun stuff that he used to do for us. And and um, what and then he was writing and doing and writing like little articles on what was, you know, the beginning of Facebook at the time. Yeah, and he was trying to giving, do like an online zine, right? Yeah, giving his opinion. But he was ahead of the curve on all this stuff mm -hmm. when it comes to like that this podcast world would have been perfect for him uh, from the standpoint of like, or in the, this world of media right now, because he was doing all this back then. And I, and I think it's really interesting about what it would have been like, you know, back in the day, but what it would have been like if we had access to the things we have access to now well, when either Machete was trying to things on YouTube that I wouldn't be too proud of. That's for sure. That's what well, would happen there. There'd been I'm a lot just of saying like, my daughter would have seen her or my like students would have been like, Hey, yeah. is this you, Chris? I've been like, no, that's not me. So it's, just, it's, it's a two, it's a double-edged sword, right? It would have been great to have access to all that. But at the same time, mm -hmm. man, I'm kind of glad that my whole machete career is not documented online because we've all had moments. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Nobody else. Should but, it's, <laughs> but it's, uh, I gotta think it's going to be uh, rich for you. Like, you know, when we were trying to break, there was the, this rule book. There was like this, you know, we've touched on it before. There was this like, oh, you make the demo. You try to get it on the radar of a manager an or an agent stuff, right? or an EPK. And you try And so it was all of this stuff leading in and you follow these steps and maybe you'll get a chance to, to break through and, and meet someone that'll help you and all the rest of it. Now you're like, we're all having an opportunity to produce our own content, but you, views. Like, it's not how many views have you had? Yeah. Like, you're like, right? it doesn't really matter to you because no one, no one's selling records now. So what matters to you as an indie artist now? 
what matters to you? Oh, that's a that's a loaded question. I, I you know I, I don't know. I, it's it's tough. I, I again, I think after being in a band for so long, it was just really um, music is just cathartic to me, and so um, I hadn't done it for so long. I, I after after the band was done, I I did a little EP by myself, and then there was many years there where I was focusing in on my career. Uh, and you know, I could, I could definitely tell there was a hole. There was something that like, ah, oh, man, I, I should be doing something right now. Uh, and, and then, so, you know, thankfully I, I'm doing that now. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's really, I think, I think you have to do it for yourself because I just, I just don't, you know, the thing that I learned about after the band was really, we did all those things, you know, all the things that, that you guys did. And, you know, from our perception of having done it for, for so long and climbing that mountain um, and meeting all the right people, doing all the right things um, that we were asked of us to do and we wanted to do, we weren't just bending over and, and, and doing whatever we were told. We were, we were doing it because we love to do it. Um, and we just got to a point that it just wasn't happening for us. And you know, it, it just dawned on us that, that really, you know, it really just comes down to that one person that just so happens to be listening, you know, in the room that night or somewhere else um, that you fit their mold. Like you just fit the mold of what they had envisioned and you just happen to be playing in that moment um, and boom, you know, signed or boom, you're on the radio. Um, and that's like winning the lottery. And so uh, for us, we had done all those steps and it, and it didn't necessarily work out. Um, so, so for me now it's sort of, you know what? I love playing. I'm just going to keep playing. And if someone finds it cool, if not, that's fine too, because I'm doing my thing. And so, I mean, that's one of the greatest privileges I think as a, you know, having done it and still loving to do it is that, mm -hmm. um, I have my own capital that I'm willing and I know what I can do with it. And I don't have people telling me what to do. And, 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 you know, I just, I hope people enjoy it. Even if it's just my friends and family, uh, that's, that's great. And if I can bring a few people along, you know, I've, I've tried to, to look at that, the whole game of online and followers and stuff like that. It's exhausting. I don't have, mm -hmm. I don't have time for that. I, I want to put my time in making good music. That's that's where I want to put my time. And if someone wants to come along and help at some point and say, hey, I can help you out um, that I know, not some, you know, hey, I'll promote this on this. You know, you get those random, you know, messages mm -hmm. on every platform. Um, but if someone real comes along and says, hey, I like what you're doing, you know, I want to do this with you. You know, I, I have the position to evaluate and say yes or no and feel good about that, because as a kid. You didn't say no, like you jumped at whatever you did. And sometimes that led people down the wrong path, you know, mm -hmm. entering into bad contracts and screwing themselves for future releases. And so, yeah. It's amazing how many bands are trying to get their masters back right now. I mean, even, you know, like a Taylor, like Taylor signed, Smith signed a real bad deal. And yeah. then Bieber and his team came along and bought it. And it was just a business decision. It was totally the smart move by Bieber's team to grab it. It's, it's like, if you don't want your publishing, we'll take it. We're going to buy it and expose it. Okay. The only way she can get that back is re-record all the songs, which is what she's oh doing. Gosh. Yeah. So yeah. the only way she could do it. So she's re-recorded all of those songs so she can have control over it. And she mm. could put that version out 
uh, without any recourse. And um, it's, it's so many bad deals back then when it comes to publishing. Mm. Are you, uh, so um, uh, this is for both of you, but um, are you having more fun now? Let me start with Chris because Chris, you know, you Working and I by start, myself. Well, just yeah, well, in general, they're coming out of machete, coming out of caliber, the grind, the struggle, all the things that you that we all had to collectively do to try to do this. Are you having more fun now? Well, yeah, it's a two-edged sword again, right? I'm using that analogy a lot, but so coming out the last band I was in, there were six guys in the band. So you know, the one thing that was really starting to weigh on me was having to run my idea by like everybody else in the band. And have just like one guy say he didn't like it, but have no other recourse or any other idea it was just like killing me. Like, and and with other people too. I like, yeah, I got to the point where it's just like, okay, well, if we have an idea, let's just follow it through because we can make it sound good. Where you get that other guy that's just for whatever reason, he's he's just not in a good mood. He can kill an idea, or you know, you go for an idea like I was mentioning for a video, and it's like, well, we should do this, and I get my brother, and we're gonna, and it's not gonna happen. You know, it's not. And then you get that one guy that's not satisfied with just doing a simple video. So nothing ever happens. So when you're working by yourself, like, again, just like Rich was saying, man, is you can get, you know what you're you're accomplishing. You know how much money you have to put into it. You know what you can do. You know how much time you have to do it. So here's the video I can do. And and again, to uh, here's the analogy I use, Rich, is um, writing music, writing music, recording music, and putting it out there is like that itch that you just, you know, you got an itch, man. You got to scratch it. You got to write that song. You got to get it out there. And one thing that I, I've noticed about um, uh, real songwriters that I, I think guys who, as me and Brent would say, speak guitar, that's like our, our, our secret language <laughs> that when you run into somebody, they speak guitar, they understand where you're coming from, is yeah. you have to you have to release that stuff. You have that itch and you have to, you like, if you, you have songs, like I bet you have a whole bunch of songs that you, like you're saying that you just, in your past that you got to record. I've got a song right now that every time I, uh, I, before I teach lessons, getting warmed up, I'm just playing a song I wrote and I just, it's like, oh, it's that itch. I can't get, I got to get it out. And it's not just getting it out as just recording it. It's like following it through. You know what I mean? Cause, cause you're a real musician. You're, you're a real artist. You're not just going to throw that idea on the phone and be like, okay, well that was cool. Listen to this, everybody. No, no, no. That that's, and again, my angle on being a professional artist, being a professional musician is writing a song. You're not done. That, that's not being a professional musician to me, to me. If you write a piece of music and you're a professional musician, you demo it, then you record it properly and you mix it and you master it. And maybe, you know, you somewhere in between you'd back up a few steps and then mm. you either just release it to your friends or at least you got a good copy of it. Um, you put a video with it. Wow. Dude, you're a professional musician. In my opinion, I don't care if it's indie, whatever. If you're just sitting in your bedroom, writing songs, that's great too. Or you're that uncle who plays guitar every once in a while. You're not a professional musician. So the biggest thing that I like in being solo is I can be a professional musician. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. You're up, Rich. <laughs> Rich, are you having more fun? Over to yeah, you now, buddy. I, yeah, sure. I'm, you know, I'm thinking, you know, for me, for me, even when I was playing shows, shows was never my thing. Writing was always my thing. Uh, writing and being in the studio. Once I once I first started experiencing what it was like to be in the studio, that was that was it for me. Um, and so I think that was that was that that was me for the rest of our our band. And that probably didn't help because I just I wasn't into playing live all the time. I just wanted to write. And so for me, mm. this is this is beautiful. Like this is absolutely beautiful. I mean, I love I loved you know my buddies that we played with grew up with each other and it was just us four 
you know, for like almost 15 years. And so, you know, we had great times. I learned so much from them. We learned, you know, I, 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 that's where I learned everything. Um, but being able to do this now like this professionally and, um, that that's it. And I, you know, for me, like think when I think about what motive you have to have a purpose. And like you say, like I commend, you know, people that I know who are later in life, pick up a guitar and try and just start playing because mm. that's a difficult thing to do. If you don't have a purpose other than to like, I want to learn guitar. Um, you know, when you have something like I want to play for people, I want to be in a band or I want to write, like you have a purpose, you work towards that. You have that goal. That's the motiv- motivating factor. But to just to, to pick up guitar and play and not and just to learn um, kudos to people who do that, because for me, you know, like I said, I went through that after the band was done and then I did my own solo thing. After that, I'm like, I don't have a purpose anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I mm-hmm. really, like, I touch that guitar once every four or five months sometimes because I just didn't have a driving purpose to do it um, until I arrived at a point where I was like, no, 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 no. Like, you know what? I got lots of songs in me, um, and I have a lot more to come, and I'm going to write them and put them out to one or two people. It doesn't matter to me. Um, my purpose is just to put music out into the universe and – hopefully it connects with somebody. So you know, it's funny as I, that uh, musical itch, man, scratch that musical yeah. itch, right? We, we spend so much time trying to make it quote unquote. Right. And everyone has their young. version of, yeah, everyone has their version of making it, but yeah. I can tell you from touring, uh, with these bands is that making it is a giant pain in the ass. Mm. So outside of the, it, right? Yeah. Outside of the money. Sure. But, it's not people think we're going to make it. We're going to end up on the TV and we're going to do this and I'm going to do this. and I'm going to do that. Great. Now you've made it. Now you've got to hire a hundred people to get you across the country. And those hundred people, 60 of them have egos. 40 of them don't want to do this. It's a giant pain in the ass. I love it, but I see it every single day. I see the bands and they're just like, I just want to go on the stage for my two hours and I want to leave. I've had a saying for a long time. It's 95% business and 5% music. And no more do you see that when you're touring because my whole day is about the business except for the one and a half hours when it's about the music. Right. Like when I'm out there with people. So it's not, I'm not saying this in, in a discouraging way that's like, don't try to go for it. I'm just saying the version that people think of making it is different for everyone and it changes all the time. Because I think if you ask somebody you know, like a metal band who made it, their version of making it might be opening up for Metallica. But then you've got to still be able to pull 10,000 people into an arena to 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 make it. So it's, the, to me, it's, uh, I was on, I had Brian from Tesla on a couple of weeks, a couple months ago on my, on my Brenton on Tour podcast. And I was asking him about it. And it really, all they're trying to do is get a thousand people to 2000 people a night. Yeah. And that's really a career. That's what, that's like, you know, you're making 75,000 us a night, you're or to a hundred thousand us a night. You're out there. You can take 20 people with you on tour. You can go out every two years, put a record out, probably make a million, do a million dollars in business over the course of a tour cycle and then move on. That to me is making it the stadiums and all the rest of it is great, but man, it's a big thing. So for indie bands, uh, I would, I'm just going to say like, 
having goals and that is amazing and going for it, but there's, it's a lot, it's a whole other thing that you don't even know. You know what I mean? Once you get to that level. So just make yourself happy first. And then as long as you're making yourself happy, the rest of it's going to go. Look what happened with Chris. I'm going to start a comic book company. Everyone's like, there's no money in comics. Fuck this. Fuck that. You're never going to do, go get a job, be a plumber, do this, do that. And he's like, all right, but he, I'm not going to do that. Here's my comic book. Because he's but having the best fun. was, was leaving he's Port Ferry and move, moving to Kingston. That was where it was like, ever, even my lawyer was like, my home lawyer was like, what are you doing? You shouldn't do this. And I was like, yeah, I should. Yeah, I should. And I'm so glad I'm in Kingston. Kingston's awesome. Rich, have you ever been here? I've played shows there, but I, I you know, so. I, yeah, I've played a few shows there back in the day, but I, I haven't been back in a while. So I, I, I do love Kingston for sure. Are you going to play shows now? Do you still play shows? <laughs> that, that, that goes back to, like thinking back, like, oh, do I want to slug around an amp? Yeah. And do I want to go to a club? And, you know, it's one, again, it's, uh, it, it's if there is a need, you know, I'm not going to go do it if I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can have, get you a gig out have, here, buddy. Like uh, when summertime, I, uh, I'm just, I'll throw it out there. Like it, when, when we kick into August, um, and September, when the, when, when all the, 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 uh, college is back and university. Like Mark, yeah. uh, who runs, you know, Mark, remember, remember Mark from I Hate Salad? He probably booked your, your gig when you guys played here, but uh, from KEPP Productions, they run everything around mm-hmm. here. He's okay. like a very close friend of mine, and I was put on the board there with them too. So if you ever want to come down and just play acoustically or something, um, cool. the invite's there, buddy. We'll, fi- we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get you in here at a nice, nice, quiet Perfect. little pub or something, or just, there's a big wing fest they do as well that they're trying to get going again. So we'll see. But, but if, if you want to play a gig, I'm telling you, brother, I would love to have you out here. And then, uh, you know, be, it'll be a good one, too. If you just want to bring your acoustic and do that, yeah. we, they, the acoustic gigs are huge here. That's what Mark was really? when I first moved out. Yeah, Mark's like, uh, and it's funny because the, the the heavier scene isn't big here. It's it's either the raps, the, the dance music, or like the acoustic kind of sets, man. They love the acoustic sets. And they're so polite here. Well, like, I've been to a few of them. And uh, that's what I always hated about playing acoustic shows in Oshawa or the surrounding area oh. is you're playing and you can hear what everybody's saying. And it's like, nobody's really, you know what I mean? And, and you want to rock, you want to plug in here. They don't want that. They want it nice and quiet. And they like that mm-hmm. vibe. So when I was, when I first moved here, Mark was like, okay, dude, we're going to get you playing all these acoustic shows. I'm going to get you all this extra money. I'm like, oh man, I can't even, and I get, I get anxiety now, Rich, from shows and stuff. When I'm in a band setting, it's pretty cool. Cause I can, if yeah. I'm sharing the vocals and stuff, casual. Yeah. But as far as like going up by myself and just playing acoustic guitar, just the waiting would kill me. Being on stage is fine, but whatever the hour, half hour, the day waiting, I would just, I would, I would be yeah. crazy. No sleeping. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. But back to throw it out to you, buddy. So you just let yeah. me know if you feel like playing shows. Again, no, PM because I, I, I want to talk yeah. to you about those old songs as well. So I'll catch up with you after, yeah. and uh, we'll see what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you know, it maybe maybe you can find the answer in, in what I'm about to say. But I feel that anxiety piece like you do too. Like, you know, like <sighs> playing acoustic. So weirdest thing, I would play for my family growing up, and I would mm-hmm. buckle. I buckle. Yeah, it was just right? me and the acoustic in front of my my loving family who Nobody were the knows. most supportive people in the world. Right, buckle. But on on stage, no problem at all. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's a, it's a weird thing. So I, it, it's it, if I do it, I'm sort of like, well, if I play acoustic, I'm gonna have to have someone come with me to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go blow it up. Yeah. You know. Um. But or mm-hmm. if I play with a band, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my my professional buddies to to Perfect. stand in where where you know you need one rehearsal and you go. Yeah. Oh, and that's so, great. Um, you know, if I'm I'm certainly contemplating it. You know, I'm on the cusp of putting out some more material and. You know, That's as great. I get heavier into this, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I got a lot of cool songs. They 
and then you start envisioning them live like oh that would sound really killer live yeah. well so, they've already announced I, um sloan in september oh, wow. um they're already they're selling tickets for it and stuff so i guess it's gonna happen um so you see a lot of the stuff they plan for when the university crowd comes back right yeah but yeah. the shows like that um and we opened for uh oh, danko jones here my i have a, a band here that i play in with mark a punk band and we went for Danko Jones and, and the venues here, dude, like it's, it's a great scene here in Kingston. It's really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. again, not too, it's funny because the heavy music doesn't do very well, like metal and stuff like that. Right. Um, the Oshawa scene, it just kills the metal scene here. But as far as like, mm-hmm. you know, pop music, um, acoustic music. Wow. Wow. goes over really well. Yeah. Very cool. We'd hey Rich, love, we're going to play another, uh, we're going to play another uh, video before we let you go here, buddy. Check yeah, it out. Please do. Sure. Okay. You guys should start a band. Um, you guys should start a band together. Can you tell, like, Rich, I, Rich, I don't think you heard last time. With oh, he lost oh, was he gone? Oh, no. Well, I didn't, I didn't send him away, but he's he's uh, banished from. Okay. Oh, there he is again. There, back? The internet. I don't Am know. I where, yeah, there oh, you go. There we go. Yeah. Internet. Okay, so I, was I, was just, just, I don't think if you heard me last time I was saying to Brent, like, I asked him, I was like, can you tell, could you tell right away that I would love this music? Like, and that Brent was just saying that, you know, you guys got to start a band together because, dude, that is like. If I was in charge of a record label of putting, and and you wanted to go out, I would send you like out on that uh, that uh, that Green Day Weezer tour, man. That's that's my Ode I, to Weezer song right there. I was gonna say, so. dude, because you don't like to tell people there's a but there's a definite Weezer vibe in there, man. That time change yeah. to your chorus is mm. I didn't think it was going there and it went there, and I was like, dude, neither did I, <laughs> yeah. dude. But did that's the beauty about that? writing music for yourself. That's the yeah. beauty about writing music for yourself. No, dude, Rich, I love your Absolutely. tunes, man. Like, as my wife went, and the cats are jamming to it. There, we we have you. Know, everything's on the big screen here as well. Cool. We have uh, awesome. a big setup here. Thank but, you. Uh, well, I got, that, that 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 was all mixed by Pete. You know, Pete, dude, Pete so mixed good. that for me, and so um, you know, and then and you know, big thanks to him uh, and Jeff played drums on all of that stuff, and uh, you know, and so. I'm I'm actually and we had actually a couple songs and there was Creighton Doan as well who mm. does a lot of stuff with Scarum so he actually Honeymoon, honeymoon um, Sweet, huh? Yeah. Um yeah so so we so we I did that with a collection of people there but uh, my next stuff Jeff's all over and I learned all my my skills from 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 Pete really when it comes to mixing and um and so that stuff's coming out hopefully this summer which uh, which will be nice. That's yeah, great man. Everybody great. needs to buy your stuff buddy. Where where where, where can they buy your music? It's all on all streaming services. I I wish I you know I have a whole row of CDs. I actually you know still buy CDs yeah. every once in a while. More vinyl now, um, but uh, yeah, streaming streaming everywhere. I'd love to get a hard copy, but again, that's it's so much money and, and oh, it, yeah. to to make something as an indie artist like that, it's not worth it. So, no, no. Um, 
Stream so can I can I say, hey Google, play Rich, and he will play you? Uh, I I I think so. Okay, good, because I got some barbecue to do, and I'm gonna be I'll be giving you lots of plays <laughs> on there as well. But I gotta buy. It. I, I was going on YouTube a lot there, um, but. Uh, it's funny. I've been off music for a little bit and listening to that really, I was really digging it here, buddy. I think you might get me back into listening to music again, which is good. How about and that? That's, that's yeah. I stopped. You know, weird. one of the things I, one of the things too, Chris, I want to mention is when you mentioned that Rich was coming on, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was like with, I sent him a, a note, you yeah. know, for show prep a little bit like, Hey man, if you got anything, you can send me. And mm-hmm. within minutes I had everything. And um, yeah, so, so you're more you're more you're more together than any band we've ever worked with rich because normally it's like hey we're gonna go do shows uh chris and i would be, we're gonna go do shows do you guys have anything yeah yeah i'll call we'll call a guy and i gotta call my uncle's got the file but anyways yeah. so, so great job the opposite, man. and they give us something that the label takes down or um, Vince McMahon just hates us. We've had uh, WWE uh, affiliates <laughs> on here, Rich. Vince, and I don't like Vince McMahon either, right? So I, it's it's so it's just a it's a it's a show joke that me and Vince got to lay down, man, because we don't like each other. And if we have if we have any WD content on here, Rich, they shut us down. So yeah, oh, it's either crappy geez. content or shut down content. And dude, you are you are in the sweet spot, my friend. Beautiful. Well, thank you. I'm I'm I'm. I was glad to to be able to make this happen with you guys, and thanks yeah. for asking. It's, it's, it's sorry about fun. the last minute, but that's how we do no, things man, here. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> no, it's it's great, man. It was really awesome that it came together, and all the best to you, buddy. Yeah. And I I think we're yeah. gonna uh, I'm gonna get Diesel on the show soon, and Last Prince yeah. will do like a, a producer series, and you're welcome to crash yeah. that yeah. and stuff too Beautiful. anytime. So yeah, you can catch Rich uh, Rich online. Uh, Rich at music.com, and then um, you can catch him uh, on the on the Twitter, and, and, you and can possibly catch him playing here in Insta, Kingston, maybe in the fall, maybe in Kingston, maybe maybe he's going to start a new band with Chris. Yeah. I don't know. Well, well, Rich, one thing I wanted to mention, dude, is if if anybody understands anxiety about coming and playing a show, it's me. So just throwing that out here publicly, dude, be, man. We can be anxious I, together. I, yeah cool i'm just if it you know like wow well, personally man i don't want to do that don't be afraid to tell me that because yeah. i've done that to people too i'm like dude oh, i'm so stoked to play this show and then i get home my wife and my god oh my god what did i do what did i do what did i do it's like <laughs> i gotta go play a show in toronto and oh my gosh uh, what and oh, then yeah. I, you know what but that's how it was with me after everything but anyway oh. all good things oh, yeah. all good things Consumes, yeah. <laughs> right, thanks well, for being on the show Richard. come really back anytime it. brother yeah come thank you and and i i uh i i chris i'll oh. tell you i bought two of these because mm-hmm. one is going to stay sealed so Perfect. that when it blows up yes. i can sell it for lots but right um i have one that i can read so. oh, dude that's awesome so and, and on a side <laughs> note this so well, dude here's the thing is it, we're going animated in the new year i've already got Ooh. some some I've already got some pretty cool people doing some voices, and uh, I'm going to be talking to you about maybe possibly doing some uh, some music in there for it too, my Love friend. It. So we got some more things Love to it. talk. Definitely have some stuff to cool. talk about after, but that's coming together with some some. And Brent knows I got some some really awesome. cool voices in there, man. It's going to be uh, so in the New yeah, Year's. What I'm doing is I'm putting out four issues of Skeletron. They'll be done, uh, you know, in in early winter, and then we're going to work on the animation. So um, yeah, I want to talk to you about uh, soundtrack music, my friend. Beautiful. I'd, I'd look forward to that. Right on, buddy. Thanks for being on the show. Cool. And thanks for the support. I really appreciate you buying my comic book twice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Anything for friends, man. Anything for dude, friends. It's all good. Dude. Everybody go pick yeah. up Rich's music right now. Stream it. Listen That's to Rich. it. That's Rich. Here's a little bit yeah. of it. See you next time, buddy. Thanks, boys. Take it easy. Bills that you can't pay.
that was a lot of fun, man. That kid, that kid's great. Well, he's not really a kid. He's old. I know, but we all seem, they all seem like kids to us, right, buddy? But yeah, no, Rich is, Rich is a pro musician, dude. I was really glad he could do that. I've been, yeah, I I was, uh, I'm I'm working a couple gigs right now, a couple comic gigs right now, and then all my students kicked in today and it was just been a melee of of a day. So I'm so glad Rich could do the show, man. But dude, yeah. that music, dude, is like it really speaks to me. I really enjoy it, and I've been off music, and I was just jamming here. So I think that's gonna be uh, really cool. Hey, there's Todd. How's it going, buddy? Hey guys, should I grab a mic or is this gonna work? Ah, it'll work. We don't want to. It's hot. It's 50 degrees. You don't need you working any harder than you're doing, buddy. It's, it's all good. Earth scorching weather here. My God. It yeah. is Todd Hancock from the Tadcast Podcast. Now, buddy. Yeah. So welcome to Attack of the Indies. We just had our buddy Rich McPherson on who's uh, the dude's got some chops, man. He works with Pete from Harem Scaram, uh, Jeff Diesel, who's produced oh. all, everything. And he's got a great album and great record and, and everything. And um, t- no, no stranger to indie music. Todd, hey, uh, Todd is uh, obviously with the Toddcast podcast, but also has been he a is. massive, massive, massive proponent of independent artists uh, the whole time I've known him. Um, yeah. and so, uh, yeah, uh, totally, uh, totally, uh, normal that you would be a, a part of this conversation. Uh, my well, friend, when you asked it, when you asked uh, if I would join you tonight, I was like, well, this, if there's anything that's ever up my alley, this is it. Perfect. So yeah, I was, uh, the indie music director at Fox, um, 99.3 the Fox here in Vancouver for about, uh, not eight or nine years. And then when I launched the Toddcast, I was trying to get major label um, artists to be able to play those. Like if I had Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam on the podcast, I wanted to be able to play Pearl Jam. But it really just turned into just a complete cluster F to get that happening. Uh, And then it kind of just made sense for me to focus on... um, you know, indie music, and, and I've known the scene here in Vancouver for a long time. I've been, you know, since about 1999, so, you know, over 20 years. Wow. Uh, and there are so many good bands in all genres in this city. We are spoiled rotten. Except there's nowhere for them to play anymore, which is a real pain in the ass. Oh. Um, all the venues that were like, when I, Chris, some of the most historic venues in the country were mm-hmm. here you know, and when I even moved here, you know, obviously there's still the Commodore, but it's not really indie friendly as far as, you know, there's some associated costs there with that. Uh, Corinne Lee has been amazing at the Rio Theater and giving the bands a space, but Richards on Richards used to be here, gone. The 360, I don't even know what they're doing shows anymore. Uh, Todd, you're at the railway uh, with your show, yeah. but now that obviously that the pandemic was here, it's changed drastically, but yeah. hopefully that'll come I back a been, bit. Hopefully. I mean, I haven't been at the railway for you know, all, uh, since March of last year. So we're coming up on, you know, 16 months. And I, honestly, I'm not even sure what's going on. When the last I talked to those guys, they're like, well, we don't really know the game plan. So I'm hoping that that's just kind of on pause for the time being. And, and maybe I'll be able to get back into the indie scene here and, and start throwing shows again. Although I do have, um, you know, the, the sponsor out in Langley, um, is wants to do something with me as well so i probably will start doing shows regardless if the mm-hmm. railway jumps back on or not uh but Pineapple chris Sons- chris todd todd would have been our dream like you know bookman was like how bookman was for us and and in, in toronto oh, yeah. todd 
Todd, Todd's that guy out in Vancouver, him endangered Lyle Chasse, all these guys that were super major proponents of independent music. Um, Todd was the guy that we as a band would have dreamed to meet and be into yeah. our band because Todd's the guy that's like, <laughs> no, but Todd was the guy that was like, give me your music. Mm-hmm. Most of, most of DJs are like, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. No, Todd, yeah leave, I don't want to, you know, not only was I like, give me it. I was fucking actively looking for it, which still nice. present day. I'm still like that. I, I'm still looking for, for indie bands to play on my podcast and just kind of, you know, make, mix CDs and all that kind of shit. I mean, it's not that I don't want to support major label bands, but they get enough play on radio. I don't need to play, you know, uh, Foo Fighters or, or whatever. When there's bands like Dead Quiet, there's bands like Winter Youth and there's bands like Wild Dove and Redwoods and Crankshaft and all these local bands that are absolutely phenomenal. Like it, you know, as a, as a long time, you know, I worked in, in radio from 95 to 2014. Mm. And now looking back, it's such a shame that especially major cities, like you, you couldn't just play the scene in Lethbridge say, or Castlegar, but certainly in, Vancouver and Edmonton and Calgary and Winnipeg and all the, you know, Ottawa and all the major centers, they could and should be supporting the bands that are trying to get a foothold in the industry. You know, if you're playing Foo Fighters 1,500 times at a station, play them 1,200 and give 300 to a local band. I've I've oh, always been a proponent, yeah. Todd. I've always been a proponent of like, well, we know we've been having lots of chats on the network. I know Dean and and, uh, and Lachlan have been having lots of chats on the network about the problem with radio. But I've always been a proponent of like, when a band comes to town, you shouldn't play them for six months after they've been on town. Unless it's like, sorry, sorry. We could go with the second part of the album cycle. Let's say the Foos put a new record out. The Foos are coming. Everyone's like, bam, bam, bam. They play the Foos. Great. Then you take a break. And then it's like, okay, they're coming back for that second show. On the on the cycle, great. You play into it, and then when they leave after that second show, and the album cycle is done. That's it. You don't play them. Make everybody Rest miss them. Make everybody yeah. miss them, and then it's like, all right, we haven't played the Foo Fighters in eighteen months. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start playing the Foo Fighters next Monday. <laughs> like and people are like, ooh, you know, they don't do that. No, no. Yeah, and that would be an interesting style of radio. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's not such a bad thing to not hear Foo Fighters every single day. Yeah. Well, if you look at this, look at how like Stairway to Heaven. I can't believe they like radio stations. The one here in Kingston, I hear Stairway to Heaven once a week. And you know how many pop punk independent songs you could fit in time span of Stairway to Heaven? Like you could probably fit like ten pop punk songs in there from Indie Do. So right. instead of playing Stairway to Heaven, take 12, 15 minutes and play some indie music, man. I think that'd be that'd be a great change up. Does anybody really want to hear Stairway to Heaven when they're at work or anything? I don't know. Like, to me, that would just be like, oh, my God. Like, I, I would, uh, you know, love Zeppelin, but I've heard Stairway to Heaven way many two times. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame that they don't support indie music a little bit more. Um, mm. I don't know. I honestly don't know that that will ever change, though, unfortunately, yeah. just from knowing the kind of the inner workings of radio and how they rely on, you know, uh, testing songs and, um, okay, but listen, okay, can you shed some light on this, Todd? Because I really want, I really want to to figure this out. Because I've been hearing for years about 
you know, oh, the book. They send out the book and they send out the, uh, your ratings are this and your ratings are that. And blah, the blah, WKRP blah. days. The book's in. But they also, but they also send out, they also send out, oh, we do these test the, readings. The garlic just passed away. I know. I saw that. I know. <sighs> and they send it, they sorry, send these sorry, things sorry. out. No, that's a, but they go, they go, we, yeah. you know, what songs he prefers. Like, well, all of our stats have mentioned that everyone wants to hear Come As You Are by Nirvana <sighs> nine, t- nine times a day. And I'm like, Okay, hold on. Cause I I am over it. Like I don't want to hear any I don't want to hear any of it. And you know, no, I love O'Neill and those guys and I obviously Jeff O'Neill and, and, and that team and and uh it's a nice comfortable morning show, but it's nine songs filtered throughout the whole week. And I don't understand why they think that that's what everyone everyone wants to hear come as you are every day. <laughs> At the same time, <clears throat> Sweet Child oh, of Mine's another one that gets me. Is when they play Sweet Child of Mine. I don't understand. Like, Seriously, really? please let me know, Todd. Why? Why? Can you explain how, how you're does able the radio to... system work? Because I've wondered that too. How are you able to pull off having an indie show yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> where they don't have any control yeah, right. over what you play? And welcome to probably the main fight that I used to have as the afternoon host at Sea Fox. Like, why do I got to keep playing the same four songs from Metallica? Mm-hmm. Like, surely there's more than just Enter Sandman and The Unforgiven and... Sad But True. You know, oh, sorry, did I say four? I meant two. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the classic fight of, like, you know, when you pay to have research, then why wouldn't you use that knowledge that you just dug up that come as you are and smells like teen spirit and in bloom are the only songs that you should be playing from nirvana never mind aneurysm and territorial pissings and and everything else that should be played right mm. so and that's not just nirvana but that's every single band pretty much yeah. mm. so and i would but, listen to radio more if, if if you had no idea what they were playing if they were like we got nirvana coming up but but the station was programmed for you not to know what they were going to play that mm. would be right Amazing, because even Jack uh, FM has saying. the same forty songs. But if it was like, okay, right. if you really wanted to play Nirvana and you played School instead of Smells Like Teen Spirit, I'd be like, I'm in and I'm listening every day. <laughs> Metal stations used to be like that. I remember right. in the '80s when I'd visit Florida as a little kid, when I went there a few times with my folks. I remember being in the car and like, put on Z Rock. I was like, what the hell, Z Rock? I was one hundred one point something. You'd find it right, and it was like, oh my god, they they play metal, and it just blew my mind. Because the heaviest thing I could find as a kid growing up um, was Q107. And I was a radio kid, man. Like, that was, my parents would drive all over the place. We were living uh, two and a, about two and a half hours away from any other family. So we would visit them a lot. And my parents liked to travel. So, the man, the backseat of the car and that radio was was what I had. And Q107 was the main one I'd listen to. Um, the Psychedelic Sunday was always fun. Even as a little kid, man, the Psychedelic Sunday. I always really enjoyed that. I still kind of miss that. Um, but that yeah, was the Andy, that was with Andy Frost, right? It was, dude. Yeah, yeah. Frost, but the radio, yeah. man, and the, so so being hearing metal would just blew my mind. And I remember just because time to get out of the car, Chris, like, oh man, I want to hear the end of this song because back then music, well, you didn't have the internet when I was a kid, obviously, because I'm a dinosaur. And uh, to hear these songs on the radio was just like, oh man, that's what that band sounds like from looking at Metal Edge or whatever magazine or whatever I was hip Prater back then. Right. So I really miss that. But I, I'm raised, I'm raised on the radio. So man, I you know I still listen to it, but. Uh, as a kid. Mm. Yeah. I, I, you know, hopefully it changes. Right. I mean, there's nothing but 
positive things that would come from playing, you know, 300 of those Foo Fighters spins given to a local band. There's nothing yeah. but good things would come from that. Like now suddenly you'd get those bands would be telling all of their friends that, hey, listen to Fox. I'm getting played. You know, it's mm. a few spins a week, but it's better than a kick in the ass. Um, it's it not like just, they're going to say, hey, man, they just, just played uh, Sweet Home Alabama. Oh, wow, I never heard that song before. Well, I'm going to listen to that station. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a better angle, exactly. what you're saying. Like, yeah. Totally, right? So well, if they were just to embrace local bands, not only would they talk about the station and their friends mm. would be more endeared to that station, but now suddenly it would also help in, like, the live venue parts of it as well right now suddenly these bands that can only bring 20 30 people to a show well if you're getting played on your local rock station as a fucking awesome band now maybe you're getting 70 people now maybe you're getting sniffs to open up for three doors down or three days grace or nickelback or 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 right so it would just help the scene in general if if local markets were to help uh, the local bands that are deserving. Is, I'm not saying every is, band is deserving. Mm-hmm. Problem is consumption has changed so much now, Todd, that the, the radio model is broken, as we've discussed many, many, many times. When it comes to like, as long as big conglomerates own it all, it's not going to change. So, what do you think no. the big challenge here, or what, how do you think the indie artist is going to break through now? Rich just gave us a prime example of him producing all his own music, all his own yeah. videos. Everything, it's everything, good. and it's really, really, really good. good. But he's yeah. he's he's kind of switched to I don't want to make it anymore. I'm just doing it for myself. But there's some 17, 15, 16 year old kids out there that are like, we're gonna open for the Arkells. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that. Their access to these bands and getting on their radar is better than ever. You tag them in Twitter. You have an opportunity to do that, and your content has to be amazing. But you playing them all the time on your show. Uh, what's the biggest challenge that these guys are facing now to c- try to break through? I mean, just because Todd Hancock plays 10 indie bands per show, w- what does that mean though? Do, do they have to differentiate themselves? So what are you telling them? Well, I mean, that's the problem is like, so now, so suddenly they find that formula where they're starting to get success on their own. So once you get that and you get a taste of that, why would you want to get signed? Like, why? If you can do it on your own, why, what's the, what does it matter then? I totally agree with you. Like, they don't need major labels anymore. They, they need a good social media presence. They need to be engaged with their fans and their followers. And, and that's what they need, right? So I don't, I don't know. I, I think I, there's a benefit. I, I think there's a benefit to a label. There's definitely a benefit to a label from the standpoint of like being able to walk into any stuff. Well, okay, hold on. CDs and all the rest of it are, are are far and few between anymore. People aren't really lining up for records and, and CDs anymore. I do think that the labels are serving a, a definitely a digital purpose and definitely serving purpose of getting, you know, bands, uh, out there. So I don't think that the label idea is totally a lost cause. I think it's changed. Yeah, but pause. Labels won't sniff you unless you you can do it on your own. So uh, back to what I originally said. Why? Why? Like if I'm in a band with you guys and if we're like slogging away and we're finally starting to get some traction and we're starting to get to 200, 300, 500,000 seaters, why? I would be like, fuck that, guys. I, why? Mm-hmm. Why do we need to sign a 350, 360 deal with a, with 
name the major label. It doesn't matter which one. I, w- I would be like, why, guys? Why do we want to give away our shit if we're doing it on our own? You'd be better like, off to hook up with uh, somebody honest, who helps it, with your internet presence, right? Like, you know how I hire people to do all your internet totally. stuff for you? You'd be better off to find, like, a yeah. wizard who comes to you and says, you know what? I can make you a lot of money by putting you here on the internet here, and I'm going to do it all from my home. That That's, like, a better angle, eh, Todd? Yeah. Like, if somebody would come to you for that other than, a le- uh, like, a label these days. I, I think so, yeah. Like, m- let's make really good content. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that you're putting out as a band should be really good. Mm-hmm. It ju- don't just randomly throw shit around, right? Like, um, and maybe that's just from my time working in radio and just having a bit of a thick skin and knowing like that the people are really quick to judge, right? So all of my stuff, like I never am like, oh, it's good enough. Like I never do that because I know that enough people are gonna pick me apart or, you know, whatever. So I always make sure that the stuff I put out is like as good as it could possibly be, and that should really go not only with podcasting and radio people, but through the everything bands. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to, if you're putting shit out as a, as a restaurateur, like maybe you should make sure your stuff is really good. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as I, I was know, saying I, earlier about musicians, I, there's a lot of guys that um, like, you know, like uh, just play guitar and they write songs and they put them in their phone. And then there's like, and, and, and they say, well, I'm a musician. It's like, well, I argue with that. Like you're not a professional musician cause you're not releasing a song. So, I see what you're saying about that exactly. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's like there's there's that level there, right? Yeah. Far cry from from uh, far cry from this. Did you guys watch this? No, Todd, did you get a chance to watch this yet on A&E? No, I haven't. No, no. Didn't watch. Well, here's a little clip. Let's have a look. Check it out. You wanted the best. You got the best. The hottest band in the world. All for one and one for all. After 50 years, it's time to unmask their story. We were four idiots off the streets of New York. I had a big secret. Gene had no idea. There was trouble in paradise. Biography history. Tonight event continues tomorrow at 9 on A&E. Crazy. Wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Is this the Gene Simmons, Paul Stanley story, or is this the kid? No, but they didn't get, they didn't um, get, uh, they, they got Peter and, no rights and Ace. Ace yeah, they got Peter and Ace to talk. Uh, they they used, they used old, fo- like, kind of footage and interview footage. footage. But Peter and Ace wouldn't do it because they weren't getting paid. Oh, pay the guys. They're part of, oh. See, or, my kiss is, is Ace right, and Peter and Gene. Enough. Oh, man, I don't know. I, I have a hard time. Yeah. Like, I, I took my wife to see the new Kiss, and we had a lot of fun, man. That was a really good time. It was fun. But uh, that's all it was, was like a homage to the original Kiss that I grew up on, sadly. But I'm an old fart. I'm an old fart. That's another one. Is, yeah. it's, like the, it's like the new Star Wars movies and the new Kiss. I, I'm just like, oh, get off my lawn with that. Hey, let me <laughs> let me ask you this. I know we had a Kiss We had a kiss thing the other day, and I, I didn't want to beat the Kiss horse to death or anything like that. It just was, you know, you're, we're all Kiss fans, and, we, you know, I, and I just watched it yesterday. And uh, it was very interesting from a – business standpoint of how they did it um certainly ace and peter have been given a substantial amount of time and chances to pull this together um it was very interesting to watch sort of like when peter found out he was making less than ace that's when he freaked out Mm -hmm. and then they went to gene and gene's like we've been carrying the kiss flag for 10 years like for 15 years after you guys left because you couldn't get your shit together so you're not going to make as much as us you're, you're going to be multi-millionaires but you're not going to make as much as us which they seem to be down with 
But then they were like, no, I'm not down with it anymore. I want the same mm. amount of money as you. Yeah. And they couldn't play their instruments anymore. They couldn't play. So my, let me ask both of you then as KISS fans. Well, they should stop if that's where we're heading. Okay. With <laughs> so that's so. my question is, but Eric well, Singer, great drummer, very yeah. much respected in the in the KISS world. And and uh, Tommy, I mean, people are on the fence well, about again, Tommy. To me, it's a novelty. It's a novelty. I don't want to hear any new music from him, that's for sure. That's, the last thing I want to hear is a new KISS song, to be honest with you. Sorry to say, because I'm probably not going to like it. Um, you know, but, but uh, yeah, I, I think they should stop. I really do. Well, I think they're stopping. You know, I, so I read something... I, I read something that uh, uh, Paul Stanley had said, like, you know, when when we pack it in, when we're too old, it doesn't mean that the Kiss brand has to stop. Like other right. people, we're the brand is bigger than Paul and Gene, is what he basically said. Like we could get anybody to do, and it's like, no, guys, no. Like I don't want to hear Kiss in twenty one twenty. Like. <laughs> You know what though? We we did we talked about it with uh, with Todd. We talked about it with Todd and Brent a couple weeks ago. We did talk about it with them, yeah. And Brent was not down with it, and Todd was down with it. Brent was like, "No, Kiss is still good the way they are," because Brent Brent Fitz has friends in the band too, which I totally understand. Which they Um, both do. They both do. They They both play with them. Todd was like, "Was like, no, man, they should stop." And then they both had different. And Todd's like, "No, they should stop." And you know. Maybe get somebody else to carry carry oh, on the mantle, so. maybe. But but I think yeah, we were so talking. They, they were we were also disagreeing on it. It was funny. We were talking about the um about the idea that if they do do a like a Kiss version two, will they go to a reality show and try to oh, re- redo will. it, redo yeah. it, and, and try to yeah. and auditions and whatever, so they can. But it is. And then the you'll find. Is, and then you'll find out they're all related to Gene Simmons. Every single one of them are related <laughs> to Gene Simmons. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's very interesting. Anyways, I recommend that you watch it. But uh, going from indie band to that, in in kind of throwing in there, they do show Kiss in a club, and uh, when they were an indie band, which is really really cool. And when they used to throw our, down. They would throw down, man. Yeah. And our buddy Aaron Chapman uh, Todd wrote uh, wrote the book on the Commodore, and there's a great picture of Kiss of the Commodore in like the 70s. So they were indies once too. And I'd sent to to Todd or yeah, sent to Chris. Chris Chris and Rich, like, you know, careful what you wish for, because when you make it, it's kind of a giant pain in the ass. Which I'm, I'm, I, I, I think Gene and Paul are probably still having fun with their money. However, how much fun is it to put 200 people on the road and manage it across the way? It's not as yeah. glamorous as people think. So, anyways, do you, when you tell these indie bands, Todd, to like, you know, like, what's the point of signing a label or or whatever? What kind? What are you getting back from them? Is anyone like to, like kind of like oh yeah they I guess still I want that eighties stop you know yeah they're, they're all so defeated because it's not mm-hmm. it's not a matter that they look and they go like well how do we play Rogers they're like how do we get played on radio like that's what a band that's coming up that wants to do it as a job that's what they're wondering they're not wondering how to play stadiums. They're just wondering, like, if I can't get played in the city that I am in, how do I get played in Toronto if Vancouver stations won't play us? And mm. we're playing shows every four to six weeks, eight weeks, every couple, two, three a year or whatever. Like, if they can't get played in the city they're from, mm. that's what indie bands are concerned about. They're not concerned about, like, how do I become Kiss? Mm. They're They're yeah. like... How the fuck do I get played on the radio? How do I get just some attention at right? all? Just any kind of attention. And, Throw some yeah, at me. and the answer 
totally. And the answer to that is like, holy shit, that's a big, that's a big explanation. Because that's like everything needs to be clicking. The tour, you need to have promo people and radio trackers and all that stuff lined up. And, you know, it's such a big I think if, I wouldn't if want to be making it now. Even, I wouldn't be trying to make it now. I wouldn't be. Oh, totally. To I think if most bands could get inside my head or. <laughs> we got him. No. We lost. But we you, can't Todd. hear you, buddy. We lost you, buddy. But that's okay. We're just wrapping we soon, switched, anyways. Just when we switch. Yeah, uh, that, we're wrapping soon, anyways. It's all good, buddy. You might just have to reassign your mic. The sun's shining on your face. Anyways, Looks that's nice, Todd. Sir. That's Todd Hancock. Uh, thanks, buddy, for joining us this week. On the that's Todd Hancock from the Toddcast podcast, heard on the Dean Bluntell Network. Great guy, massive, yes. massive, 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 massive supporter of indie music. As long as I've known him, he was the dream uh, 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 DJ that would play everything. In fact. Chris, I feel like he even played Chuck Caliber once, which Probably was here on the, on the indie show for me back uh, back in the day. He played just nice. some uh, uh, any of those bands, so really great. Look him up, Todd Cast Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to all of his stuff. Todd, Part of the network. Uh, when you get uh, when you get off Shaw Cable for your phone, you can come back anytime, <laughs> and maybe it'll work for you. Anyways, buddy, thanks. Appreciate Todd. it, man. We'll see you next time, buddy. Thanks, Take care, man. pal. <laughs> That's there we great go. Guy. Great right guy. On. Great guy. Great yeah, guy. Like yeah man. I, I, I was on his show once and man, I see it online all the time. It's so cool. Like I got so much, uh, that, that video is good that I did with him. That interview's got legs, man. And I appreciate that. It's so cool. Yeah. Todd, uh, not only is, it, is he a proponent of, uh, indie artists, but he's also, um, you know, his own show does, uh, Great business. He's a big supporter of every guest that comes on his show. Yeah, and it's just, he's old school. He's, he's an old school supporter of all the things. And I, and I love it because it's, everyone's usually got something up their ass and it's like, you're a giant. <laughs> they're like, Oh, maybe I'll get to it or whatever. But Todd's like, bring it on. So that's great, man. We had Lachlan lined up, but uh, I think he's wasted in his, in his basement. So that's um, understandable. We'll, uh, that's that's understandable. what's happening. No problem. All right. We so we got to go longer. We're going here. What's going did, on? did you see the cover issue too? I did. You got to send that over to me, but yes, sure that's what I, will, yeah. I like doing this one. I don't like revealing it until like it's out, sure. out, you know what I mean? But Skeletron. Yeah. You got issue two on the way, huh? Yeah. Issue two is on the way. I'm just finishing up issue four, a couple backstories to help out with some of the characters. There's a policeman, uh, uh, in the first issue there. Uh, I'm just blanking. His last name's Cooley. He's officer Cooley. And uh, we're going to expand a bit on his history, and it's going to intertwine with that big, huge demon in there, uh, Kevin. They've got they've got oh. history. That big, stinky demon in there, Kevin, mm-hmm. and uh, the main cop there, the real sarcastic dick cop. He, uh, they, him, and Kevin have history, man. So it's going to be interesting to find out what happens, and you get to find out why Eldridge Cooley is such a dick cop. So we're adding some more layers to these characters, my friend. So- are you going to go, uh, I meant to ask you this last week and I don't know, maybe a dumb question, but are you going to go digital first with the, t- the second and then you're putting out the hard copy after that? No, 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 it's, no, we're, we're, we're just going out, um, physical copies right now with everything. I see. I was advised like, like, uh, is, issue issue two. Yeah. Every, okay. Everything from here on out, dude, we're all like, we may have some digital stuff, but the, sure. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. Any advice you get online, 
go digital. Everybody wants digital. Everybody wants digital. No, they don't. Whoever's saying that, shut up. You're giving people the wrong advice. Man, everybody wants, I, I couldn't sell the digital copy. Like I sold it to some friends. You, you bought one. I appreciate that. Um, the physical copy sold out in like, you know, basically I got stragglers. Isn't it interesting because I like holding a book. Yeah, me too, dude. I don't like digital you know, comics. I like, I like the, the digital. I'm trying to think what I read digitally when it comes to this kind of stuff and news and like, even, even like, yeah, like, like, like I'm not a Kindle guy per se. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I'm not a Kindle guy per se when it comes to like wanting to read all that. I think, I think like I'll support anything digitally, but I think having that hard copy is great. Oh, dude, it's, yeah, it is great. It is great. So we're doing the first, the first, like, so every month we got four issues coming out. So one was June, July, August, September. September will be the fourth one. Going to leave it on a cliffhanger. And then that's when I start working on the animated sequence, hmm. uh, the animated story. And I'm considering possibly putting second prints out of those four issues if there's a demand for it. Yeah. Um, but there'll be, a, there'll be a short, there'll probably be like a, a month, two month break of the comic. And uh, as I say, maybe in that two-month break, we'll we'll put second printings out with different covers of uh, the first four issues and give people a chance to buy them. Um, the reason I'm only doing 100, and some people are asking me too, like, is there going to be more copies available as we go along? And my answer to that is no, because I want the first four issues to be super, super special so that there's only 100 copies out there so that when this does hit a TV show or a movie or a big cartoon and my friends and the people who supported me, not just friends, man, I say we're selling like all over the place, Australia and the States, people I don't know. Um, TikTok's been great, but these people are who are buying this comic, man, are one day going to have a gem and it's going to be, oh yeah, because Spider-Man, like, you know, they, there's hundreds of thousands of copies of that con- co- printed. It doesn't even matter anymore. Mm. <laughs> but when, when Skeletron becomes big, it's going to be like, wow, do you have that issue number one? There's only hundred copies made. Yeah, I got it, but I don't have the sticker or the insert card. You know what I mean? Like, mm. like it's going to be one of those things and I'm doing that purposely. I'm not doing it to make a shitload of money off of it, off the hop here. I do want to make money off it eventually. Right now, I just have a dream, and it's coming true, and I want it, and I'm sharing it with a lot of really cool people, and I want it to work out for them in the end. I want them to have a piece of uh, piece of value, like I, you know, like that yeah. comic has already gone up like five bucks once you got it. Once you got that comic, like the comic is once it sells out, it's already worth double. It's already worth ten bucks. Not that that's a lot of money, but I'm just telling you the scheme of things, right? So mm-hmm. once it's once it's in the in the in the Canadian Library of Comic Books, like the music is that we do. Then, then it's going to be more reg. Then it'll be recognized, and then it'll probably be even be uh, in price guides and stuff too, right? So you'll be able to see it in there. And uh, we're going to get posters of issue number one available. It's because I love that cover. Mm-hmm. That cover's so sweet, right? So we're going to get posters of that available as well. But that's the plan, man. We got four issues coming out. Yeah, we're going to have posters of that. Um, got four issues in the works already. Are basically done. I just got to cut. They just need like placements and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I've got stories up to, oh, geez, like 50 issues ready to go here, man. It's it's going to be quite the ride. But we're going to go, I'm introducing a lot of characters in the first four issues, but I'm going into backstories on all of them. So you're going to hear a history on them. All right. So in the first four issues, we've got Skeletron himself. Um, we've got Kevin the Demon. All right. We've got Eldridge Cooley, the one cop. we got Mike Fatman, the, uh, the, the stupid uh, assistant cop. Mike Fatman. Yep, that's Great his name. name. Yeah, it is a good name. He's a real stupid <laughs> cop, that guy. Um, and uh, I had a run in with that cop one time. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, he t- he gave me a ticket, dude. For any anyway, that's another story. That's so, another story. Yeah, Mike Fatman's in there. He's gonna have a a great fate, but he's a real stupid cop, right? So, um, and then and then we're gonna have a wrestler come in, El Terrifico, and we're gonna have mm. the uh, militaries coming in, Shane Burhell, which is which is after a friend of mine named Sean Burr Burwell. Yep. 
who is a, a war uh, a war hero, man. That guy's that guy's done some stuff, dude. I don't want to go into it, but that guy's a war hero. Amazing dude. So he's in there. And his son, Joe, is in there. Poor Joe, though. Joe didn't handle the uh, the whole uh, fade to black very well. Anyway, so then we, yeah, we have our, our, our wrestler. We're going to do a backstory on him. And then we have a female character coming in named Lon Lon. And we're going to Wolf Island here in uh, Kingston. Nice. And, of course, there's a werewolf. It's Wolf Island, man. And there's a witch over there. So more female cutter characters coming in because um, I don't have a whole lot on the go right now. But I do have a much more female characters coming in on the way here folks so don't what about what about dangerous dorothy and gracious gary can you get them in there no maybe 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 we'll see if we can do that for them like a like a superhero a senior superhero team that 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 doesn't necessarily fight crime or beat people up anymore they just get you with their wits oh that's That's nice i like that there we go that, Maybe that's a backup that, story, huh? Like, that's a like, backup story. That's a backstory. It's just okay. them on a porch, them on a porch reading a book about back in the day. <laughs> I used to uh, in, the, in Caesarea. I used to uh, the town of <laughs> Caesarea. That's right. We used to uh, we used to yell at those kids, and then the guys would come in and this band jammed in our basement in our side room. <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's awesome. Awesome. My friends, what a, that was great. Big thanks to Rich uh, McPherson yeah, for jumping buddy. by. Uh, make sure you guys check out all of his stuff online. Oh, uh, yeah. Definitely great, uh, great songs there. If you're a fan, um, well, re- instantly we recognized um, some Weezer, Weezer there, man. Jimmy World, Gin Blossom. So all, all your favorites. So that's oh, great yeah. um, in there. Uh, huge thanks to Todd coming by for. Uh, oh, it's Andy, always good to see uh, Todd, man. Andy right. Meltdown, which is awesome. Uh, we are going to take a second to thank some friends. So stand by. Hmm. Yeah, we got to hey. thank our friends over Blue Microphones uh, for the Mixify headphones and the Blue Yeti X. Those guys have been awesome. That's what you see right here. Um, and uh, great. And then Chris's ears are right over there. I've got to get got mine. Mine are right here. I just got to do a little fix on something here and I'll be back with them. But huge thanks to them for having us uh, and sponsoring us on the, this uh, podcast. Uh, huge thanks to our friends over at DeanBlundell.com as yeah, well. Dean. You can head over to DeanBlundell.com and watch and read an article that I put up today about this. When I was a kid, guys like me were brought up to follow codes. Hey, jerk off. What'd you say? What? Antonio Soprano. I wonder if I can talk to you alone for a moment, Mrs. Soprano. On the basis of the Sanford Binet, he's high IQ. You can't prove it by me. He's got a D plus average. He doesn't apply himself, but he is smart. The results tell us he's a leader. Ankle dick.
I want to go to college. I can't get caught with shit like this. Look, you take the speakers, right? At the same time, you say to yourself, this is the last time I'm ever going to steal something. It's that simple. Let me go talk to him. He only listens to Dickie. Gotta do something about Dickie Malasani. Maybe some of the things you do aren't God's favorite. Example. We'll make the right decision. This kid's got what it takes. As far as your nephew goes, I'm listening. Stay out of his life. Come on. Wow. That looks great, huh? So the so, kid is James Gandolfini's son in yes. real life. Mm-hmm. So he's playing a young Tony Soprano. Yep. It takes place in Newark. You're in New Jersey, so you would have been My around. Wife flew out of that, Newark, man. That yeah. is a dangerous area, dude. That, wow. I get more stories I can tell you. That is a different episode, my friend. Yeah, that's all about the riots back then. They're talking about Christopher Maltesanti's dad, the legend of Dickie Maltesanti. This thing, and Vera... Uh, Vera uh, Farmila, who plays Tony Soprano's mom, Olivia, mm. is like perfect. This thing mm. is going to be incredible. I've seen The Sopranos. I watch it all the way through once every two to three years. Nice. But number two, like on a tour or whatever, the mm. Talking Sopranos podcast outside of this podcast is literally the best podcast I've ever heard. It's unbelievable. It's Bobby Bacala. And Christopher Maltesante, it's Steve Sharippa and Michael uh, Imperioli, and they break down every episode, scene by scene, by by minute by minute, cast by cast. Idea, it's unbelievable. So for a Sopranos fan like me, massive, huge fan of that podcast. But this, uh, I've been waiting for this. This is the prequel. This is pre-Sopranos. Mm. Oh, prequels it's, are great usually. It's going to be. It's it's. Ah, man, I can't. I can't even wait. It's so. And the kid looks just like. I wish I could get the Sopranos here. I'm down on Netflix and uh, Prime, and I can't get Sopranos on anything. It's on Crave. It's on Crave. Do we have Crave anymore or no? We don't have Crave anymore. No, we lost Crave. Yeah, it's on Crave because that's where all the HBO stuff goes. But anyway, yeah, I'm stoked. I can't wait. So, what what, what channel is this one going to be on? Well, it's going to be HBO Max. Mm. It's going to be one of those in the theater. I might go see it in a theater, actually. Oh, it's going to be yeah. in the theater, HBO Max, and probably Crave, like Crave, because that's how we get HBO up here. Mm. So that's what I'm guessing. But yeah, I, I can't mm. even wait. I'm, 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 not, cool. I'm super stoked. So yeah. yeah, that looks really good, man. Really good. Well, there we go, buddy. Another Tuesday down. Kids on the Escalator podcast on the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, heard every week until they kick us off huge thanks rich huge thanks to todd yeah that's rich, chris rich, just, uh, rich just hit me up and thanks for being on the show no thank you buddy thank you thank you thanks to lonnie thanks todd lon lonnie. lon and uh Lonnie's everybody on the couch lonnie thanks everybody uh <laughs> good times rad dudes thanks everybody Hi, 
Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world, and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.